This is episode 365 of the AWS podcast, released on April 20, 2020. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Welcome back to the AWS Podcast. I'm Alicia here with you. Great to have you back. And I am, of course, joined for this update show by Nikki Stone. G'day, Nikki. Hi, everyone. So glad to be back. I missed you all a few weeks ago. Yeah, you had to. You were, you were caught in transit during lockdown. And we're, we're still in lockdown. So uh, normal um, uh, sound quality, begging for forgiveness stuff applies. I'm in the kitchen. Are you in your, <laughs> yeah. where are you in your like your living room or something? I'm uh, in my bed, actually, <laughs> where I normally am. <laughs> I, I didn't have my mic two weeks ago because I had to, you know, go away from my condo, which was infected. Ah, there you go. You don't want to have an infected condo. Condo building. Let's get into <laughs> some updates. Um, firstly, we haven't had an update on this topic for a little while. Um, on the topic of AR and VR, so augmented reality and virtual reality, Amazon Sumerian now supports exporting your scenes to GLTF, which is the GL transmission format. So this is an open source file format for 3D scenes and models that's compatible with many other 3D editing tools and rendering engines. So this makes it really easy to export and edit different scenes and assets, etc., which might be very useful for your workflow. Moving over to the topic of marketplace, we have one quick update. Uh, sellers, consulting partners, and data providers from Australia and New Zealand are now available in the marketplace and AWS Data Exchange. I don't know if you're excited about that. Simon, oh, there's a reason why this cool. one's in the list. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool because it lets lets um, it lets people locally sell their software. It allows customers to discover and subscribe to software from Australia and New Zealand ISVs and consulting partners. So this is adding to the uh, 7,000 software listings and 1,500 sellers. So it makes it uh, nice and easy for AWS Marketplace and AWS Data Exchange customers around the world to procure software and data service products from providers in Australia and New Zealand, which is uh, pretty exciting. Welcome we already have, to the Marketplace. Yeah, yeah, we have a bunch of, of groups. We've got uh, Cloudwave, Farago AI, Raygun, Apportio, uh, Operata, Dubber and, and Javan. Um, also consulting partners like Consigna and Versant as well. So it's a, it's a good launch. Welcome. We're happy to have you on the marketplace now. Thank you. So moving over to the topics of analytics, Amazon Redshift has launched RA3.4x large nodes with managed storage. Uh, so these Redshift RA 3.4 extra large nodes are now generally available and they support up to 64 terabytes of Redshift managed storage per node. They enable you to scale and pay for compute and storage independently, allowing you to size your cluster based only on your compute needs. So that's, that's a cool. crazy. So I remember when, when one of the largest banks in Australia, the entire data warehouse, which was considered massive at the time was 20 terabytes. And now this is 64 terabytes on a node. <laughs> Insane. Things have changed. <laughs> Amazon Redshift now recommends sort keys for improving query performance. So this is really useful. It's a functionality of Amazon Redshift Advisor. And with the alter table command, you can add and change sort keys of existing Redshift tables without having to recreate the tables and without impacting concurrent read or write queries. So in choosing the right sort key is, of course, very important in terms of performance for queries particularly with range-restricted predicates, et cetera. So it means that there's less data written from disk. So now you can figure out what the one you should have and you can make the change as well. So it's all kind of win. 
Amazon MSK has added support for Apache Kafka version 2.4.1. So this new version includes several bug fixes and new features that reduce latency and improve performance. And support for this uh, version of Kafka is offered in all regions where Amazon MSK is available. Um, And you can see a complete list of improvements and bug fixes on our website. Uh, But just to note a few of them, you can allow consumers to fetch from closest replica you can do Sticky Partitioner, which provides performance improvements to the default Apache Kafka Partitioner with up to 50% reduction in latency. And you can create an admin API for Replica Reassignment Apache, which provides a new Kafka admin API for partition reassignment and addresses limitations of the Apache Zookeeper implementation. Very nice. AWS Data Exchange has released multiple console enhancements, which makes it easier for subscribers and providers to interact with data sets. So uh, this is uh, a reorganized main navigation, so it's easy to find frequently used pages with fewer clicks. And also as a data provider, you can now see the data sets and revisions as they appear to your subscribers as well, so you get to understand what's going on. And as an existing subscriber, you can now use the new Entitled Data Sets page for quickly finding and accessing all your entitled data sets in a specific region based upon your active subscription. So this is a great example of a service that was released pretty recently And the use and the feedback has meant the team can iterate very, very quickly, which is nice. And speaking of which, let's move on to business applications. And uh, I don't know about you, Nikki, but I've been living my life in Amazon Chime at the moment, which is our uh, video conferencing conferencing tool. And there are two updates there. Um, Firstly, all Amazon Chime meetings now support up to 250 attendees. So this goes up from the previous limit of 100. Uh, No change in price. You don't have to do anything. Uh, There's no additional fee. You don't have to re-invite anyone. Um, this is for the Amazon Chime Pro users. And also you can now build mobile communications applications with the Amazon Chime SDKs for iOS and Android. So there was a previously released uh, Amazon Chime SDK for JavaScript. The mobile SDKs can now be used to connect to the Amazon Chime SDK meeting resources managed in your own account. And it gives you methods to manage your local audio and video devices and bind media streams to, to native UI elements. So if you're looking to build stuff, you can. Uh, the iOS one is written in Swift and can be used in Swift and Objective-C projects targeting iOS 10 and above or Mac OS. And the Amazon Chime SDK for Android is written in Kotlin and can be used in Kotlin and Java projects targeting Android API level 21 or Android 5 and above. Super cool. Uh, Moving over to the topic of application integration, AWS AppMesh has added support to connect services deployed in multiple AWS accounts into a shared mesh. AppMesh now supports sharing that mesh with multiple AWS accounts. So customers may deploy their services in separate AWS accounts, and then they might want to use a single AppMesh that was scoped before, but it was scoped to an account boundary. You can only use it inside one account. Now you can use it across multiple AWS accounts within an organization. Moving over to the topic of compute, this one is especially cool if you're a .NET developer like me. Uh, AWS Lambda now supports .NET Core 3.1. So .NET Core 3.1 launched at the tail end of December uh, with a lot of enhancements to .NET Core, and you can now develop Lambda functions using .NET Core 3.1. Yeah, that's a really important update. And uh, Amazon EKS, the Elastic Kubernetes service, uh, has updated its service level agreement for Amazon EKS clusters to 99.95. So previously there was an SLA of 99.9 and now it's up to 99.95. So this doubles the availability guarantee for the EKS cluster endpoint, which is exciting. 
Moving on to the topic of cost management, uh, AWS Cost Explorer now offers savings plan recommendations for member or linked accounts. So you get even better view of uh, what you can be doing with your savings plans through the AWS Cost Explorer. If you haven't spent any time in this particular tool, you should. It basically proactively tells you how to save money. And that's an important thing. We want you to be as optimal as possible when you run on AWS. So this is one way to do it and it costs you nothing. Moving over to the topic of customer engagement, Amazon Connect has two quick announcements here. First one is introducing voicemail for Amazon Connect. Uh, So now with voicemail, you can add it on and you can associate it with your Amazon Connect instance. Uh, You can start by deploying a CloudFormation template. Looks like it's a quick start uh, template with using Amazon Kinesis video streams, Kinesis data streams, Lambda, DynamoDB, S3, API Gateway, Transcribe, CloudFront and Cognito. And then what this template will actually set up is it will provide voicemail features for Amazon Connect agents, such as voicemail recordings and transcripts. And then the next announcement, Amazon Connect has added custom terminating key press for DTMF. Uh, So it now enables you to define a custom terminating key press when capturing DTMF or dual tone multi-frequency inputs to provide greater flexibility when accepting multiple inputs during a call. So instead of the default hash to signal the end of DTMF collection, you can now specify a different digit such as star or a series of digits such as hash hash or 0000. And then for example, this can be used to let your callers enter multiple inputs such as an account number, amount, stock name in a single stream of digits rather than each input one at a time. Very, very efficient. A couple of other customer engagement updates. Amazon SES is now available in the Canada Central, EU, London and South America, Sao Paulo regions. This is useful if you need to send emails and you need uh, the ability to have data residency. So previously, uh, it was harder for customers who were in that situation to use Amazon SES because they had to call a out-of-region API. Now they don't have to. And also you can simplify your cloud resource management with AWS Service Management Connector for Jira Service Desk. So if you use this particular tool, it makes it easy to sort of tie together the AWS Service Catalog, AWS Config, and AWS Systems Manager integration into those Jira projects, which helps you get a single view of your world. Let's move on to database, and we've got a few good announcements here. Firstly, Amazon Neptune now supports the R58X large instance type. So this is uh, available in all regions where Amazon Neptune is available, and the R5 instance type is based on the EC2 Nitro system, which is a combination of dedicated hardware and a lightweight hypervisor that delivers practically all the compute and memory resources of the host hardware to your database instance. So these ones have a one to eight vCPU to memory ratio. So they're very good for running memory intensive database workloads and Neptune fits that category. Another update for Amazon RDS, it now supports Postgres 12. So this is a major version, so pretty important. This uh, provides better management of indexing, improved partitioning capabilities, JSON path queries per SQL JSON specifications, non-deterministic collations that support case insensitive and access, accent, I should say, insensitive comparisons for ICU provider collations, lots of other good stuff. It's all available for you now. 
Amazon Document DB with MongoDB compatibility has added support for role-based access control. Uh, so Amazon Document DB with MongoDB compatibility, if you weren't aware, is a fast, scalable, and highly available managed document database that supports MongoDB workloads. Um, and so they've added support for RBAC, which gives you the ability to create users and attach built-in rules to restrict what operations the user has authorization to perform. Common scenarios for using RBAC include enforcing lease privilege, such as read-only rule or building a multi-tenant app where each tenant is restricted to accessing a single database in the cluster. And as part of the launch, they increased the number of users per cluster by 10x to 1,000. AWS License Manager now allows you to track Oracle database licenses on RDS. So you can now track your bring your own license usage through your RDS service for Oracle database instances with the AWS license manager. You can leverage the license manager to centrally track usage of your Oracle database licenses based on your license agreement terms and reduce the risk of non-compliance, misreporting, and additional costs due to licensing overages. Very nice. The uh, Amazon Managed Cassandra service, which is in preview now, lets you label and categorize resources by using tags. And as you know, we love tags. So now you can assign tags to your Amazon MCS resources. So things like key spaces and tables, which means it's much easier for you to uh, understand, organize and categorize what's going on in your environment. Each resource can have up to 50 unique tags and there's no additional cost to use tags. So you should use tags. Moving on to the topic of developer tools, which should excite you if you're a developer like me. There's some pretty cool announcements today. Um, the first one is you can now receive notifications for AWS Code Build, AWS Code Commit, AWS Code Deploy, and AWS Code Pipeline in Slack. So that's right. You can now receive receive Slack notifications for the entire code suite no, if no you use that Nikki, for no, your CI/CD. No, but, but Nikki, no developers use Slack, do they? No, not at all. I mean, who uses Slack? <laughs> Sorry, I butted in there. Tell, tell us more about what it does, but I just, I just couldn't resist. <laughs> it's a valid. It's, I actually saw on Twitter recently the Slack CEO said that the Slack usage recently has been increased tremendously, which is no surprise. Um, so what's, what's interesting now is you can receive these notifications for events happening in your CI CD pipeline. So you can receive notifications for things like a code build, build completion, code commit source change, completed code deploy deployments, and successful code pipeline executions. Um, so it's pretty easy to configure. And this is all integration working through the AWS chatbot, which if you weren't aware, was an interactive agent that makes it really easy to monitor and interact with your AWS resources and integrate that with your Slack account. So I think it's a really cool announcement. You should definitely check it out. That's a nice one. Moving on, Amazon Code Guru Profiler Flame Graphs are now easier to use. Uh, so Amazon Code Guru Profiler has introduced an improved Flame Graph interface that enhances overall usability. You can now navigate more easily with improved scrolling functionality, and there is a new visual tool that shows the part of the graph that you're currently viewing and allows you to move around the graph more easily and focus on the areas that you're interested in. 
search functionality is more visible and you can easily locate the specific frames and methods that you're interested in and are better organized, making it easier for you to inspect the method that you're looking for. The legend that describes the state of each method is also more prominent, so you can easily review the status of specific threads. Um, and, you know, CodeGuru is, is a generally new service that we launched at reInvent, and uh, it's great for analyzing your code and helpful for finding things that are hurting performance, so specific areas of the code that are affecting your application performance. Um, and you can use it to do things like uh, reduce CPU utilization, cut compute costs, and improve generally performance. So that's a pretty cool update. And this this last one is just really, really cool. If you uh, are a serverless dev and you use step functions. Uh, so the AWS toolkit for VS Code now supports AWS step functions. So you can now create and visualize state machine-based workflows uh, without ever leaving your favorite code editor, which for me is obviously VS Code. <laughs> um, you may never leave the ID like, again. <laughs> No, probably not. Uh, Step functions, if you haven't used it, is a great way to set up serverless workflows uh, using all of our serverless services like Lambda, SNS, um, maybe some Dynamo. And so now you can visualize your workflows and create them in your VS Code toolkit. Moving on to the topic of game tech and Amazon GameLift in 2020 uh, now has a major update available in preview. Now, Amazon GameLift is a managed service for session-based multiplayer games that leverages the power and reliability of AWS. And it's really designed to let game developers deploy, operate and scale dedicated low-cost servers. Now, since 2016, when we launched this, some of the largest game companies in the world, such as Ubisoft, Behaviour Interactive and Bethesda, use GameLift to maximise cost savings while scaling their multiplayer experiences and I don't know about you but I'm using the multiplayer experience a lot at the moment and now we have an update that really in enhances the flexibility of how you can adopt and use GameLift. So available in preview, the updated GameLift Fleet IQ feature lets you onboard server workloads to the cloud at your own pace partially or completely using your own tools independent of adopting any other managed GameLift features. So after hearing from customers about how to make GameLift an even better alternative to on-premises deployments, they delivered this particular update so you can get cost savings with minimum latency. So essentially you can get up to 70% cost savings compared to existing on-premises deployments. Uh, you get increased flexibility because you can reuse your existing game backend management services and tooling without game session management layer. So you have more control over moving your game sessions to the cloud. And you get the reliability of AWS. Because instances run in your account, you can use containers or integrate instances with other AWS services like AWS Shield and Amazon Elastic Container Service as well. Now, along with this update, it's available in 40 instance types and 15 regions, so you can pick the instance type and geography that is best for your game. So this is a pretty monumental update. If you're into game development, it's one you should look at. Moving on to the topic of Internet of Things, AWS IoT Device Defender now supports dimensions for topic-based metric monitoring. Uh, so this is GA for a dimensions feature that enables customers to filter the metrics that Device Defender Detect evaluates by MQTT topic. Dimensions supports the following cloud-side metrics, number of messages received, message byte size, number of messages sent, source IP, and number of authorization failures. And customers can define dimensions as static MQTT topics, wildcard MQTT topics, or topics containing the client ID substitution variable, such as dollar sign IoT colon client ID. Dimensions is available in all regions where IoT Device Defender is available. 
Moving on to the topic of machine learning, and Amazon Transcribe Medical now supports batch transcription of medical audio files. So this allows developers to add speech-to-text capabilities to their healthcare and life science applications. Now, in the past, it was available as a streaming API, so it was for real-time audio transcription. Now you can transcribe recorded medical audio files as well, which is very exciting. Amazon Recognition Custom Labels now supports delete functionality for projects and models. Uh, which basically is what it says it is. You can now use this delete functionality via your custom labels console or directly through two new APIs, delete project for projects and delete project version for models as well. Another big update is the AWS Deep Composer is now generally available. So it had also some new feature additions. So AWS Deep Composer gives developers a creative way to learn machine learning. You can get hands-on, literally, with a musical keyboard and the latest machine learning techniques, which help expand your ML skills. The AWS Deep Composer includes tutorials, sample code, and training data that can be used to build generative AI models all without having to write a single line of code. Now, generative AI is one of the exciting recent advancements in AI technology because of its ability to create something new. So from turning sketches into images for accelerated product development or improving CAD design of complex objects, there's lots of practical applications emerging. And what this approach does is it pits two different neural networks against each other to produce new and original digital works based upon sample inputs. Now, it's been hard to get started with this. So by using Deep Composer, you can now uh, get started with generative adversarial networks or GANs, learning how to train and optimize them to create original music. Now, some new features include learning capsules, which are tutorials that let you learn it in easy to consume bite-sized models. In-console training, so you can train your own generative models in the Deep Composer console. You don't have to write any code. And Rhythm Assist, which certainly I need, uh, which aligns musical notes you play to on the keyboard to the closest beat. So this is an interesting one. I'm fascinated to see what people come up with. I want to get my hands on a keyboard. <laughs> we want to hear the music you create. Uh, So there have been some updates to the AWS deep learning containers for TensorFlow 1.15.2 and 2.1.0, PyTorch 1.4.0, and MXNet 1.6.0. So these deep learning containers are available today with all those latest framework versions that I just mentioned for TensorFlow, PyTorch, and MXNet. And this release includes the addition of the SageMaker Python SDK in the containers and updates to the Amazon SageMaker Experiments package, which is a feature in SageMaker that lets you organize, track, compare, and evaluate ML experiments and model versions. The TensorFlow 2.1.0 Python 3 training containers also now include the SageMaker debugger, which allows data scientists to save and inspect the model tensors during training jobs. And you can launch any of these new versions of these containers on SageMaker and EKS or self-managed Kubernetes on AC2 and ECS. So that's a pretty cool final announcement for deep learning containers. Moving on to the topic of management and governance, the AWS Managed Services expands big data capabilities and now has support for Amazon SageMaker, AWS Lake Formation, and Amazon Cloud Search. So this gives you far more control over your environment using the AMS capability, which allows you to manage your environment if you don't necessarily have the skills or capabilities available. Amazon CodeGuru Profiler now includes support for AWS CloudFormation. So uh, Nikki mentioned CodeGuru before and how good it is. Well, now you can use CloudFormation to set it up so you can get it up and running as part of your environment. Another update is Amazon CloudWatch Contributor Insights is now generally available. 
And this analyzes time series data to help you understand who or what is impacting your system and application performance by pinpointing outliers, finding the heaviest traffic patterns and ranking the top system processes. Now this helps developers and operators more quickly isolate, diagnose and remediate issues during an operational event. And um, this is probably something we need to go into even more detail another time. We did do a deep dive into CloudWatch uh, a little while ago, but this is really an interesting way to visualize your environment and understand who is causing the problem. I think, Nikki, when we're in troubleshooting mode, figuring out who's causing the problem or who's using the service a lot is always the issue. And this helps fix that very, very quickly. Very, very true. It's definitely you look for what's causing the issue first or who caused it. <laughs> Hopefully it's not me. The AWS Elemental Media Store now supports CloudWatch metrics. So you can now use CloudWatch to build dashboards and alarms for key metrics related to the ingest and delivery health of your live streams using Elemental Media Store as the origin. These metrics include request and response rates, server processing time, late and latency across different percentiles. And you can also use object grouping. So you can declare a set of folders or paths as a single object group. And the metrics within this object group are aggregated and can provide a channel level view within your container. And in addition to CloudWatch metrics, you can also leverage access logging provided by CloudWatch logs. So that's pretty cool. Uh, moving on, AWS service catalog quotas can now be managed through AWS service quotas. Uh, so service catalog admins can now view and manage their service catalog service quotas through AWS service quotas, which helps you view and manage service quota information centrally for your AWS services. So you can use the service quotas console uh, to view service quota information for your service catalog, such as the number of products per portfolio and the number of product versions per product. And there's no additional cost to view your service catalog quota information in service quotas. Nice. The uh, AWS Systems Manager now has enhanced AWS Resource Groups view. So you can now monitor your operational health, track resource configuration changes and operational issues. And you can audit account activity in your resource groups all from the Systems Manager console. So the AWS Resource Manager groups help you organize your resources into groups that you can monitor, manage, and act on those resources as a unit. So this is, helps you really create logical groups like applications or environments. So this integration makes it much easier to visualize and understand what's going on. The Amazon Managed Cassandra service now helps you automate creation and management of resources by using AWS CloudFormation. So again, a CloudFormation capability. And AWS Resource Groups now also supports AWS CloudFormation. So you can build this as part of your deployment lifecycle so that new projects and other uh, new systems or new accounts get all this set up in advance as kind of scaffolding to build best practice around what you're doing. One quick update in the topic of migration and transfer. AWS Database Migration Service now supports replicating data to Apache Kafka streaming platform. So our database migration service has now enabled you to replicate ongoing changes from any DMS-supported sources, such as Aurora, Oracle, and SQL Server, to Amazon Managed Streaming for Apache Kafka, also known as MSK, and also self-managed Apache Kafka clusters. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. An update in the topic of quick starts. There's a new quick start to deploy the AWS Database Migration Service Automation Framework. This gets you up and running in about 30 minutes. And it's for users who currently do one of the following. Either separate AWS DMS migration tasks into full load and change data capture or CDC phases, or require a fully automated code deployment framework that's repeatable and customizable. You can use this quick start as a building block 
in the entire migration process. So it's a good one to get up and running and 30 minutes sounds about right for getting things set up. A quick update in the area of satellite, again, close to home for me. The AWS Grand Station is now available in the Asia-Pacific Sydney region in Australia. So this adds to the global coverage. This is the fifth region within the AWS Global Infrastructure Network and the first one in the Southern Hemisphere, my favourite hemisphere, to offer AWS Ground Station. So you can have access to AWS Ground Station in US West Oregon, US East Ohio, Middle East Bahrain, EU Stockholm and Asia-Pacific Sydney and more are coming soon. Australia getting so much love in this set of updates. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. (laughs) Moving on to the topic of security, identity, and compliance, Amazon Detective is now generally available. Uh, So Amazon Detective is a new service that makes it easy to analyze, investigate, and quickly identify the root cause of potential security issues or suspicious activities. It automatically collects log data from your AWS resources and uses machine learning, statistical analysis, and graph theory to build interactive visualizations that enables you to conduct faster and more efficient security investigations. So we talked about, you know, you always have to find the root cause or how this happened. This Amazon Detective looks like an awesome new service, and it is now GA. Very nice. The AWS Firewall Manager now supports AWS WEF and AWS Managed Rules. So this is a new version of AWS WEF, which includes the AWS Managed Rules capability. Now, Firewall Manager is a security management tool to centrally configure and manage firewall rules across your accounts and resources, including WEF, AWS Shield, and VPC security groups. Now, with this release, Firewall Manager will allow some key new capabilities in addition to features that are already supported by the current AWS WEF Classic integration. So you can now centrally enable AWS manage rules across your accounts and resources plus the ones that are marketplace rules managed by partners. Now, the AWS managed rules are a set of AWS WEF rules curated and maintained by the AWS threat research team. And so with just a few clicks, you can get your protections scaled up and ready to go for both new and emerging threats with out-of-the-box pre-configured rules. Now, this release will also support and allow multiple rule groups per web access control list beyond the current limit of two rule groups per web ACL. So the capacity limit will be defined by the web ACL capacity units or WCU to calculate and control the operating resources that are used to run your rules. Uh, Essentially, you'll be able to have a little bit more control over how many you have and have a better security posture. This is a service you should be using if you have any web facing activity. Now, you can also now review and remediate unintended access allowed on your AWS resources from outside your AWS organization. Now, this is done with a single click using the AWS Identity and Access Management Access Analyzer for all your accounts that are centrally managed through AWS organizations. This is a great way to understand who's doing what. Now, you can proactively address whether any resource policies across any of the accounts violate your security and governance practices by allowing unintended access. And by turning this on, it's available at no additional cost and it lets you find what's going on and helps you fix it as well. This is something you should definitely use uh, because it's amazing how those permissions uh, sort of aggregate over time if you forget to delete them. Definitely. Moving over to the topic of storage, Amazon Elastic File System has announced a 400% increase in read operations for general purpose mode file systems. That's a lot of percent. Uh, so general purpose mode <laughs> Yeah, it's a huge amount. 
General purpose mode file systems now support up to 35,000 read operations per second, which is a 400% increase from the previous limit of 7,000. And maximum write operations are unchanged at 7,000 per second. That's crazy. That's a huge, huge increase. Uh, general purpose mode is the default performance mode for EFS, and it offers the lowest per operation latency, and it is the recommended choice for most apps. It also offers the max IO performance mode, which can scale to higher levels of aggregate throughput and supports over 500,000 operations per second with slightly higher metadata latencies than GP mode. That's really cool. Huge increase. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Amazon FSx for Windows File Server has launched the lowest cost file storage in the cloud for Windows workloads at 1.3 cents per gigabyte per month. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> FSx- low, low prices. <laughs> really low. So that's uh, 1.3 cents per gigabyte a month. So for customers who require file systems that span multiple availability zones, HDD storage is available at two and a half cents per gigabyte per month. Combined with FSX support for data deduplication, you can now achieve an effective cost of less than a cent per gigabyte per month. That's crazy. That's very nice. Now, that is in the US East North Virginia region. Uh, prices in different regions vary slightly. So check your local guides, as they say. And lastly, AWS Storage Gateway has added audit logs for File Gateway to address enterprise compliance requirements. Uh, so Storage Gateway has now enabled logging of end-user operations on files and folders for SMB file shares when using File Gateway. Logging allows you to comply with internal security policies, meet external compliance requirements, such as PCI, Sarbanes-Oxley, ISO 27001, GDPR, and HIPAA. You can troubleshoot access errors and analyze usage trends of your data. And moving on to the topic of training and certification, a couple of new courses. There's a new classroom course called the Machine Learning Pipeline on AWS. This is an intermediate level course that explores how to use ML pipelines to solve a real business problem in a project-based learning environment. So via presentations and demonstrations by expert AWS instructors, you'll learn about each phase of the pipeline. And then you'll apply that knowledge to complete an actual project solving one of three business problems. By the end of the course, you will have successfully built, trained, evaluated, tuned, and deployed an ML model using Amazon SageMaker that solves your selected business problem. There's also an updated classroom course, DevOps Engineering on AWS, and this incorporates the latest thinking, best practices, and concepts on DevOps. Now, this is available virtually, which is important in these times, or in person. It's a three-day <laughs> course that teaches you how do you use DevOps to improve your organization's ability to develop, deliver, and maintain applications and services at high velocity on AWS. Now, again, this is taught by expert AWS instructors, and it's a mix of presentations, discussion, and hands-on labs. Now, the lab within the course have been updated to give you more hands-on experience building and deploying cloud formation templates. It also covers CI/CD pipelines that build and deploy applications on EC2, serverless applications, and container-based applications. And the hands-on labs for multiple pipeline workflows and pipelines that deploy to multiple environments are also included. So there's a lot of hands-on, and this is a really good course if you're really getting into this sort of new world of software development or old new world of software development, depending on when you started. But uh, this is a really good course to go for. So, Nikki, lots of updates there. I want to take both of those classes. Yeah, you, should, you can give us a review. Yeah, tons of, lots of updates. Yeah, especially that machine learning pipeline one. That one looks amazing, literally amazing. Yeah, I think that's, that's very cool. I, I like it when it's practical type training where you actually get to build something because then it all, all makes sense. Yeah, and then you retain it a bit more. 
And I will point out that new that new ML course, it can be virtual or in person as well. So uh, the Training and Cert organisation are doing a lot of work at the moment to kind of, um, I guess, uh, accommodate the the new restrictions that many people in many countries are under, which is you can't leave your house, um, to be able to run some of this training uh, virtually. So it's, it's a great opportunity to, to upskill yourself. So Nikki, uh, how do people find you? So you can find me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter username is knee, like your knee, and a key, like you'd use a key to open a door, 23. Um, I hope everybody out there is staying safe and staying home. And uh, please let us know if you'd like to see any updates on the podcast or anything specific. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And obviously virtually, because that's a... That's all we have these days. That's how we roll these days. Now, spot on, Nikki, and uh, glad to hear that you're you're safe and that the uh, the condo is now clean <laughs> and, and uninfected, <laughs> or disinfected, or whatever the word is. But yeah, it, it, we do want I everyone to stay San safe. Francisco. <laughs> we do I'm want no everyone. No longer in San Francisco. Uh, that would be the move. Then you're out of there. We we do want everyone though to stay safe, as as Nikki said. We do love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.